We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Guys, no, that's the best intro to the show. Doug, it's hard for you to take it seriously when I try to open the show like that. Give me the old, welcome everyone. Doug just can't help but laugh. <laughs> I love it, man. It's, I, it's, I love it. Is it weird being in here while we do this? No, not at all. You what know? do you think of the place? Like, I, I absolutely love the it. Last, the last setup is great. Like, it makes me want to join full time. <laughs> the like, la- I love it. The last time you did a podcast with us, it was in the basement over at Poinciana Place. No, <clears> it was in his. Uh, oh, in, in, in my old kitchen. in my old apartment on Birch in South Buffalo. So, the, so Doug, one of the birthplaces of this show. As as we share a oh, what is this? It's called Rebel Beer from Czech the Czech Republic. I like it. I, well, I got that beater at Premier Gourmet. It was a pain in the ass to buy because if you go, nice. if you go look at it, there's no barcode on <laughs> on the six pack. They couldn't figure out how much it was because I would no just barcode. say it was free and walk out with it. See what they did. <laughs> you know the neck beers that work there; they're not stopping you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, a bunch it's like of people drinking a Tyski. Uh, exactly, it's a Chiskia, but except a little bit smoother. Doesn't have the aftertaste of fish. Mm. Shut up, Polish people listening to this who are mad at my criticism of your beer. It's not great. I tell it to my wife every year. She goes, "Oh, it's it's almost Dingus Day. Can I get some Javiich and some Chishkia?" And I go, "Why don't we just go get some Natty Ice and you split Polish the diff?" People, I tell Let's you. get some Natty Ice and split the diff, guys. We're here talking about. I hate it. I hate it that Doug... Say it. Say it. I want, kick, I want you to say it. It's the kickoff of our 2023 draft series. Woo! And we're here setting the table, and we're talking about fucking mock drafts. 
characters. Chris, this is going to hurt me. To even yeah. Real life, baby. Real life. So the free agency process for the Buffalo Bills is playing out a lot like in years past. The Bills, I don't give a shit what anyone says. They've been active in free agency. Very active. Once again, six new players inked during the free agency period so far. Four players re-signed from last year's roster, mostly special teamers. Guys like uh, Matikiewicz, uh, Sam Martin, Terrell Dodson. Jordan Poyer came back. Botker. Like Botker? In fact, I forgot about him. Okay. One more. Questenberry. Extended all-pro Matt Milano in order to keep at least one. You know, we talked about that, how I kind of figured when I saw people thought that they were making cap space, Doug, for the they were like, oh, the Milano extension. Maybe they're freeing up space to keep Edmonds. I was like, no, that's that's them admitting we we need to keep one all pro. Absolutely. We need to keep one stud linebacker and we're picking Mm -hmm. the one that we think is the most versatile. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So at least they kept one guy. That is a ton of work for a GM in a single offseason period, isn't it? With no cap room. Chris, what's that, 12 deals in two weeks? Something like that. I think for all the people complaining that the Bills haven't done enough or the bean hasn't been working, like, what do you people do for a living? Like, what would you do? Like, how would you even equate that to a profession? They couldn't even be more wrong. I mean, he's doing work with nothing. It's... You're getting steak with no sizzle. Right. You're getting things that make your team better, that give you substance. They're just not flashy. No, it's not the flash in the pants. But but flash isn't realistically, when you think back to the last handful of teams that have won the Super Bowl, look at the fucking Chiefs. Everyone said, like, oh my god, they lost Tyreek Hill. How could they possibly be good on offense? They go uh, Marvis Veltez, Veldez Scantling. Scantling. MVS, how like this wide receiver core can't compete? No, a bunch of rookies on defense. How is this team? They won the fucking Super Bowl. Whole thing, seventy plus sacks for the Eagles. Guess what? Didn't matter. And this is it. It's like if you get caught up in the sexy things, the big things. I this is it. This is where you win and lose. It's in reality you need to build a sound and a deep football team. Depth is everything. What, what team in the AFC, Doug, if you could argue, got more derailed by injuries? You think about the teams that could have been contenders, and then injuries just kind of pulled them apart. I'd argue the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost. Uh, they they rarely had Allen, uh, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams on the field at the exact same time. No. Who's they your tackle? Hurt. They were hurt. Yeah, who, who's it? Uh, Kuhn? No. No. On um oh. Slater. 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 Yeah, Slater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh he was um first round pick. Yeah. Yeah, he was out. So uh injuries definitely matter. I mean, again, we hate him, but look at the Dolphins. Sure. But this is my point. You know? So think about the AFC teams this year that fell on their faces because of injuries. You're talking about the Chargers. You're talking about the Dolphins, who just they started a playoff game. With Skylar Thompson. We almost lost. <laughs> I was sitting right next to you. Yeah. At the Doug, game. <laughs> you were at the game with me. Literally, you and me sitting in the stands together. We almost lost that football game. Sure did. But at the end of the day, 
they like they should have beaten us. If mm-hmm. you look back at it, if they had Tua, if they had a healthy offensive line, if they had all of their wide receivers, right? There's a world where they maybe beat us. Yeah, I I don't know. You could say the same thing for the Bills if they had Von Miller or I don't know any one of the play- the Bills were up there. I'd argue the Bills were probably one of the more successful teams. All considering have- all the injuries, well, if you yeah. want to talk about teams that in terms of man games lost. Most of the teams that suffered the way the Bills suffered just fell apart. The Bills made the divisional round. Like, that's it. You made the divisional round riding all of the injuries. All of the stuff that had gone on. I mean, The emotional them, strain. The, the emotional strain of some of them being national stories. Mm-hmm. You were... It was just a war of attrition, and yet you made the... That's that says a lot about who you are as a franchise. Oh, that's true. I mean, that just backs up your opinion. When they were completely healthy, I'm talking 100 percent completely yes. healthy. What did they do the first two weeks? You were mowing down. You were everybody. varsity, and they were JV. And that's it. So when you think about it through that lens, for all the Bills fans who are out here clamoring for giant change, you went 14 and three. <laughs> With injuries, you with, went fourteen and three. With ridiculous injuries that I don't think you could prognosticate or forecast again for a team like ours. So, with that in mind, you take a look at the types of players they obtained during this picture, like during this week or two of free agency, and a picture starts to form. Can we acknowledge this? Yeah. If you listen to our pre-free agency shows, I'm very happy that you didn't get any of them correct. Yeah, but also your Zach, your Zach, like you've been good at getting free agencies before. This is true, your Zach Browns, your Ty and Seckies. Just oh, because I don't God. like you, I'm glad that you didn't get any of them correct. <laughs> Why I missed it? What did he? What? Where, where was he going with? Where uh, were you going with the free agency? No, start? I just Le- named a lot of guys. Levante, Levante David. David. I was with everybody else. I go, listen, we need to replace Trey. Turns out Bean was like, man, fuck that middle linebacker. I'll, I'll draft a guy. We did it before. We can do. And then I. So when I saw that, I circled back and I looked and I go, oh, wait, remember in 2017 when Preston Brown was our middle linebacker? Oh, I'm sorry. Who led the league in yeah. tackles? Yeah. So so this was remember my Remember the point. contract he got from Washington? Yep. So it, it led me to reshaping the way I've looked at this. And now you look at what they've landed starting guard, depth guard. Check. Offensive t- depth, offensive tackle, mm-hmm. a running back two three candidate. They've got a starting safety back. They they not only swapped out an underperforming slot wide receiver, but they brought in a slot wide receiver four and five, both of whom who have special teams utility. They brought in a backup quarterback, who's a friend of the main quarterback. They fleshed out their special teams unit to make sure that that unit will continue to be one of the NFL's best. Three phases. McDermott loves that special teams. Bean has literally tried to do this every offseason. He uses free agency to round out all the holes in our roster so that he can take advantage of the strongest parts of the draft, wherever that may be and however the draft board may fall. And address needs, but at a time Bean sees them as being most beneficial given the quality of the draft board. So as we sit here today after free agency, Doug, we've got the thanks to our fucking setup here. And the I fact love that the we, setup; it is absolutely beautiful here. The fact that I've got a Chris, producer, excellent work. The fact that exactly all Chris, I did none of the yeah, work. Drew, Drew had nothing to do with the setup <laughs> of this. Drew has a Drew. You have this 
inability to women have it. When like I I hundred percent Larissa. I like how he's about to alienate like half our listeners. He's just like women, <laughs> no, women, women have this. I guarantee you, Larissa had this. He's been you. listening to way too much Ben Shapiro lately. Yeah, I guarantee you, Larissa had. Larissa walked into your new house, you know, on the on a walkthrough before you put in an offer, and she just envisioned this being this being here, this being over here. This is what the upstairs is going to look like. This is where I'm going to yell this, at my son. Yes, this, for me. Down here, when this room was just bare bones, I had a vision. I could see it. I explained it to you. You couldn't grasp it. You had no. Nope. You had no vision of it at all. Chris, you, we came from a kitchen fucking table. Yeah, we were. When he's when doing he's going this to me, Doug. When he's telling me, "Oh, I see this, and there's going to be lights here." I'm like, "Listen, man, just." We, we, just tell me what you want me to buy, and fucking I'll I let like you it, do it. it look, I, I love the black and red wall, and I love the floor. Wolf pack. It's, got, it's got a real like. Now, don't get me wrong. If this rug was not bluish and blackish, <laughs> it would have been a great burnt orange, like Boogie Nights vibe in here. Jessica hates well, this rug. <laughs> <laughs> she want, Most she bought. She bought it, and she's like, "No, I hate like you. Never go in here, <laughs> like." Why do you care what the the carpet's like? Here's what I love, Doug, and you have yet to comment on this. All of those are Chris's shoes. No. Yeah, those are all my shoes. Every single one of those? Yeah. Doug, how many pairs of shoes do you think are over there if you just had to take a guess? 24. You're in the neighborhood. It's somewhere around 30. Yeah. Doug, he's a man who owns 30 pairs of shoes. Those are yours, bro? Yeah, those like, are all those mine. Those aren't some of uh, the kids upstairs? No, no, no. Like those are just yours. No, those are all my. I'll, if if he's good enough, I'll hand him down. You know what? I'm not going to judge you because you're not sitting there across from me smoking crack out of tinfoil. So as long as you don't start doing that, I'll never judge you. Own 80 <laughs> pairs of shoes, Chris. You do you. I I love see, and this is the difference between a good person and a bad person. I just criticize Chris for these things. <laughs> I just punch down and make fun of him for it. Now, all of this aside. Bean is doing the thing. And fans who don't get that, you're going to forever be mad. Just go screaming into the ether of the internet and no one will give a shit, as they usually do. Bean is using free agency to round out all the holes in our roster. He's trying to sand down, Doug, all of the sharp edges that existed and say, where can I blunt this a little bit so that if the board doesn't fall my way in the draft... At least I know that I'm going into the NFL season with enough pieces that I might be able to get by. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what a good GM should do. Right. One who isn't pushing all of his chips into the middle of the table and just saying, fuck these picks, fuck everything. I'm going to swing for the fences and try to win a Super Bowl. He's right leaving now. options for himself that aren't going to break the, bake, uh, break the bank. Yeah, there ham- we go. There's that gin. And hamstring <laughs> the team. Further down the road. You know what I mean? No, exactly. He's not doing that. He believes, I said. I think I said it in the last show, the Colts model. He prefers that to the Rams model, where he says, listen, I'd rather field a strong team every single year and just wait for our chance, rather than break the bank, go for broke, and what? If you're the Rams, if that, what, that fourth down play mm. in the Super Bowl? The Cooper Cup. If that doesn't land, mm-hmm. you're fucked. You don't win a Super Bowl. Out route. And you get embarrassed 
in your home stadium by a team from Cincinnati, you lose to a team from Ohio. You should have to in the Super Bowl in your home stadium. The coach from Cincinnati after every win didn't even go to a bar in Ohio, I believe. I think he crossed the river and went to a bar in Kentucky. And that just goes to show you, you know what? And he's like, fuck this. I've, I ain't staying here. I'm going to cross this river. I'm going to cross this bridge. All right, there's a couple guys noodling. You know what I mean? And I'm going to share this, guys, with Kentucky. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've gotten drunk a lot in the state of Ohio and just told people who live there that if Kentucky had any balls. They would just annex Cincinnati and see what Ohio did about it. The annexation of Puerto Rico. (laughs) (laughs) So as we sit here today, the conversation has to shift to, and if you're going to set the table for draft picks, what does the roster look like? Now, Doug, Chris was nice enough to put the roster up here on the TV in front of us. Mm -hmm. So as we look at this, in terms of wide receiver talent, right, you now have... You're returning outside wide receivers from last year who you admit you need to get better. Like, you need better wide receiver talent. But also, you have Khalil Shakir, who I think has been forgotten in a lot of this slot conversation. Which I'm a fan of. I'm I'm a huge fan of his. (laughs) I do like him. I got mad at the end of last season because I felt like you can't get mad at him when he's making drops in a playoff game. Where, like, if he caught every ball that was thrown his way that was close, like, the one he dropped... In Big our end, yeah, I know. But what about the third? What about what about the third and long that he caught but, over but the this, middle of the field? But also, my point is, is that if he like, you can't get mad at him about drops when he's a guy who's literally been marginalized all season. So you could show off Isaiah McKenzie, who has already showed us what he is. Mm-hmm. But you parked him on the bench, and then when you needed him, he was still green. No shit, he needed seasoning over the course of the season. You didn't give it to him. Someone's gonna get it better. So, that's it. I think he plays a role into this. Let's look at the offensive line. Like, I know people have bitched about tackle, but when you look at it now, you've got Tommy Doyle, who will be coming coming back off an ACL tear is never easy for a tackle. No. Never easy. For anyone, look at Trey White. Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, Dave Questenberry, those were your three. You're basically just running back what you had last year. And yet at guard, they've now brought in a guy who is a little bit younger and statistically a little bit better than what Roger Saffold was supposed to be yeah. for about even money, right? McGovern was out of, if you go off of PFF, so with the 32 teams in the league, obviously that makes 64 guards. He's the 13th ranked pass blocking guard. Okay. That's a huge upgrade over Saffold. Hey, no. And uh, and and sports bully, if you're out there fucking listening, go with the, the only thing that guy bullies is a fucking buffet. But god damn it, I'm mean. No, you're not. Mean. Doug, I what do you do? Is you owe you owe you owe cover one five dollars right I now. Not even you fi- owe not Eric even $5. Turner five dollars. I, I owe the whole crew a drink when I see them at the bar again because I told them they were like, oh, anytime anybody invokes that guy's name in our in our like cover one like like management chat that person owes five dollars to the swear jar i just told him listen i'm not gonna stop i'm gonna keep making fun of this guy so i might as well just buy you all a drink now um like that guy and his whole thing about what did he call Connor mcgovern he's like oh he's a right guard Uh, the bills are gonna play him in the wrong spot you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about he's a left guard he's a right 
He is a left guard. Or a center. Yeah, or, That's the thing. Like He played better at center and left guard than right guard. That's what some people don't realize. Like but, Some people don't realize a lot of shit, Doug. That's why we do a podcast, and there's a, a, a handful, a small smattering of the Bills universe that decides to listen to us. Like if you're, it, And it showed up this year um, when Morris was missing some of those games with his concussion. You know... Why are you whispering? Uh, I'm not. I'm not whispering. Okay. Is that? Am I whispering to you? No, you're not doing your jazz bullshit you were doing last episode. I just like making fun of you for it. It's not. Whis- it's like I'm. He goes, hey, I'm hey. serious here. Let me come in here. It's like my porno voice. He turns. It's like my porno voice. He turns into Duke Silver. He's like, Dude. why don't you guys <laughs> slip into an, uh, a warm bath of my jazz? <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug. Ron Swanson. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like when Morse, Morse was out and they put Bates in his center. Like, it was a it was a downgrade. It was a downgrade, you know, and that is that's a huge position that you better make sure you have someone who is very good at stepping in at a dime's notice because you have a starting center. Yes, he made his first Pro Bowl this year, but you have a starting center who has had six cushion, six concussions oh, that are documented. Is See, you're you're a rookie, brother. We sit here back here and sling drinks all night. You're I'm a feeling, rookie. I'm feeling good though. I know you are. I'm feeling good. But your point remains the same. When you slide Ryan Bates inside, you gotta know somebody can step up. They've now built a roster where they have David Edwards, who was a Career starter, mm-hmm. forty six out of fifty three games for the Rams. Forty six out of fifty three has a Super Bowl ring. You have like Bucker, who we've watched when he's healthy. He he missed the whole last season. I don't judge him. He tore his Achilles versus New England. Like, if you're it, a guard who has to year. anchor against guys who weigh three, imagine Chris the mechanics of what it takes. Now, Doug, you played offensive line. Mm-hmm. I played offensive line. We both played. Not what what guard position did you play? I played left tackle. Fuck you, did. I did. Forget. Fuck you. It's because Doug's got more athleticism than you do. Yeah, I just that's all it is. Arms. I mean, you have the huge arms that when you're. <laughs> I don't listen, listen, <laughs> listeners. If you've never seen a picture of Drew Gear, when he stands up and he puts his arms down, his fingertips go past his knees. It's <laughs> it, it's a bitch getting fitted for shirts, but it's awesome. When it comes to like, I don't know, slap fighting your brothers or I don't know, d- d- doing pretty much anything that re- except for bench pressing. That sucks. But here's what I'll say. <laughs> like playing left guard. Like I understand like this this whole idea of leverage and then understanding how you have to anchor. You tear an Achilles. Fuck you. Like as an offensive lineman, that's almost worse. Like being a wide receiver who tears an Achilles. Okay. A safety who tears an Achilles. You'll be back in a little while. You'll be out there pedaling around, making things that happen. It's very hard to anchor and flex backwards on your calves with a new... Like, I just recovered from Achilles surgery. It's definitely more than a Bacher's, year. Yeah, Bakker's recovery took more than a year. Having him and this new guy in the fold on the depth chart incredibly important because now what we've done is we've insulated the position of the interior offensive line that at least if the draft board doesn't fall our way and we don't get the interior offensive lineman that a lot of people like we still have talent there right 
Absolutely. You, you could just, still you put together down. an NFL caliber offensive line. Right it now, if they did nothing beaters, else, yes, they could. But right now, you are what we've seen over the last couple of years from the Bills in offense. Right now, if they ran it back with this group. They, yeah, it's true. I mean, you've gotten some depth in a little different places. But, yeah. Um, you're still counting on, like, right now. So the interior was a huge problem last year. And, again, but you said it. You know, Botker didn't come back from that torn Achilles tendon. No. I don't think he played a snap. You know no. what I mean? No, actually, so, I think he was active the last game of the season. They were just like, hey, let's see if you can do it. So Let's he, see if you he, can do he it. He didn't come through. So, I mean, you're right. They pretty much, with their offseason moves, you're putting out the exact same product with the exception of you well, got better at left guard in the pass protection, but you got worse at left guard in your run block. Sure. And then now you go down and you look at the defense, Chris. Scroll down for me, if you will. I mean, because tight end, they haven't made an addition, so right now they're going in with... Actually, I'm scroll, so glad you just said tight end. Drew. Scroll up for a second here, Chris. So Dawson Knox is, as of right now, the only tight end on the Bills with like any kind of significant experience. He's the only tight end with any significant success in the NFL. It is the shallowest position on the Bills roster. You look at quarterback, obviously, like people talked about, oh, well, the Bills should go get like an, a high-level... Uh, Bruce Nolan said it. He goes, I want a YOLO option. Just, uh, did, who was the quarterback from Buffalo? UB, all those years ago, who went to the NFL? What was his name? Anthony Richard? Tyree Jackson? Tyree yeah, Jackson. Number six. Look at Chris! Chris, Chris well just when played. I... Just when I doubt you. I like it. Just when I doubt you. I know what I'm talking about. What are you drinking, Chris? Whatever it is, you got the truth serum in that. It is I made it for you for Drew last week. It's a this is a three ounces of liquor? Nope. It's called Remember the Main. Oh. It is a you absinthe rinse the glass. That's what I'm talking about. And then two ounces. What is that? Yeah. That's the that's called the Green Fairy Drew. Come on, get your shit together. You have uh, two ounces of, of bourbon. Three quarter ounce sweet vermouth and then a quarter ounce of cherry hearing. You're, you know what, Chris? You're a great fucking guy. You are. You're a great fucking guy. Okay. Is that because you're loaded up on my gin cocktail right now? Listen, man, those with the egg whites, fantastic, <laughs> man. Those two gins, fan freaking hey, fantastic. Let me, Do you want hey, a spring no, box? let me ask you this. A let me ask you this, Doug. Hey, no, oh, no, this is way more important. Doug, let, let me ask you this. Have you ever, have you ever talked to Emma about a third kid. Absolutely. Okay, well, we that might happen on April 27th. No, that won't. When I come over for the draft? No, that will not happen. <laughs> when I come, And I Rocco, liquor up your wife on no, those... Rocco non- has destroyed us. Yeah. yeah. Mentally, <laughs> I have never been broken by a human being in my life. I am mentally strong. I can get over a lot of stuff. My son, Rocco, number, baby number two, he broke me. That's it. He broke me. You almost hate children. He he broke you're me. You're like, like, kid, I'll fight you. If you like, you're like, if you were a little taller. If you, I named him Rocco you, Douglas, so he sounds like a dirty politician, so you think that like he could do no wrong. Like, this kid, you know what this kid is? This kid is, he smokes a marb red in front of you and flicks the cigarette at your chest and goes, fuck you. That's exactly what it is. Sounds sounds like he has Razor Ramon tendencies. <laughs> With the dude, the NFL, Chico. NFL hey. draft. 
NFL draft, I will liquor up. I will liquor up your wife at the NFL draft party at your house. I'm in, and you will have your third child off of my cocktails. No, no, we're just sticking with the two. What professional is that? What do you want? I've got Springbok. I've got a Springbok. All right, done. That's not the juice boxes. No, it's not the juice boxes, Lacel. No, we're not we're not drinking those. I'm saving that for some other schmuck. No, Lacel's the best. So you look back at this now on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive end. Von Miller is going to miss the early portion of the season. Everyone who's like expressing hope that like, well no, he's look, he's working out, he's doing sh-. Doug. He'll be back at Thanksgiving. I, I don't want to see him before Thanksgiving. Here's here's the you thing. Were, hang on, well, Doug, Doug wait, hold on. Is Doug still upset because Doug is also a Lions fan? Are you still upset that Von Miller got hurt on Lion Turf? You were there to see it. No, you know Doug it, was there in person at that game. I I'm not that I'm I'm not mad that it happened there. You know, it's just it's all the luck. You know what I mean? You spend this money on a 33 year old who's won two Super Bowls and. He is having, before that game, he is it. He is as advertised. He is making Rousseau better. He is making Epinenza better. He is making Basham better. He's making Oliver better. He is commanding double teams as a 33-year-old. And before that, they're number five in pass rush. They're number five. At some point, they were number four. They're number five. I am loving it. I am loving the signing. I am everything. I'm like, I'm all in on this guy. And then he does that. First, my second team, Detroit. And I'm there with my entire family on Thanksgiving. And I just sat there and I was like, yeah, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, that should happen yep, to me. Yep, that sounds about right. And then you watch our pass rush fall off a fucking cliff. They went, they went from four and five to 27. Yep. So now you think about the group we're bringing back this season. Defensive end, you got Russo, Basham, Epinesa. Uh, Which I jo- don't hate any of them. Jonathan Kingsley. You don't hate them, but also against good teams, that won't cut the mustard. Absolutely. Then you look at the defensive tackle group. Right now our starters are Ed Oliver, for now, <laughs> Daquan Jones, Ilianku and Tim Settle. It's Daquan. Because they haven't brought back Phillips. I'm assuming, Chris, that they're waiting to bring back Phillips. I, I, yeah, the rotator's cuff the, surgery. The people I talk to, if he clears physicals after the surgery later in the offseason, they'll bring him back. Like He'll get brought back to the roster. It'll probably be for something around vet minimum. Yeah, just but like re- if... But, but Chris, right. realistically... If no one scooped him up by now, what must his market be like? I Probably mean, non-existent. So he's got veteran come, minimum from there. You always have. He a, will come back to Buffalo this year. Market. I'll make a Seagram's bet well, on it. Well, here's the thing. You like, want to take that, Chris? Take that. Yeah, bet. Chris. You want to take Chris, that bet, Chris? Take that bet. He will be back here. They won't let him go. Because I love Doug Roloski, I will take that bet. Yeah, because here's the, be here's the thing, and Bean has done it in the past, in the recent past. Here's the thing right now, depending on how this draft board falls and how it actually lands when we're going through it on day two and day three, the Bills have two things in their back pocket right now for cheap. You have Phillips and you have Lawson. 
for cheap that no one has signed. They already know your scheme. They already know the system. They already know the coaching staff. They're already familiar with the teammates. So you have that in your back pocket to go, hey, if, I, like, if I'm Bean, I could be like, okay, if this board doesn't fall how I want it to and it falls the worst way possible, that's out of my control because you're picking at number 27. You know what I mean? Yep. You have that in your back pocket because you realize this. Once you do have a healthy Vaughn back, you're top 10 in a pass rush. It show, it, he proved it. You are. So you know you have that. Is that the best way to go and hope? No. Because you're going to be relying on a 34-year-old defensive end who's torn the same ACL twice. Yeah. No, I hear you. No, I understand. And if we're just talking about holes, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about linebacker. The fact that can we talk about that the size of the hole at linebacker is the same size of a gap in your teeth? It's large, Doug. (laughs) This is this is why this podcast works. We're all about we're all about disrespect, (laughs) which is which is which is totally fine. I mean, I mean, think about where we're. I don't want to get. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But think about where we are. No one has thick skin anymore. You need thick skin. You know how you and I are raising our children? Doug. Thick skin. Doug, you Dish and I, it out. My, take it. Let's go. Doug, it's okay. Doug, you used to have a fucking soul patch. We we collectively ground that out of you. Like we it just made, so we made Remember when I had my hoop earrings? Doug, I remember all of the dumb shit you used to I looked do. like a weed dealer who was a pirate also. <laughs> I was dude, I looked I looked You know how much you know how much ass I got? Yeah. D- Tons. Doug, you were a chubby dude with uh, bleed. Did you remember when you frosted your tips? Dude, I looked fucking no, I was M and M with an eating disorder. <laughs> I was an M and M I was an M and M who loves stinger subs. <laughs> Imagine this guy with frosted tips and hoop earrings approaching you, trying to convince you that he knows what he's talking about, like about anything. About anything. <laughs> it's, it's hard to envision. I look good, that's man. That's why I love you, brother. I love you, too. That's why we're friends, because we're ridiculous people. Aren't you found aren't, a way to come together. Absolutely. Uh, aren't your children, your boys, like three days apart? Yeah. They are Jack and uh, Rocco. Yeah. They're going to be roommates one day. Oh no! I can only I I can't even. In fact, there's a picture that's circulating Facebook of them sitting in my basement in my old house together, playing on the floor, and just the way that they were looking at the camera, it's like they're either going to drop a rap album, or this is like the best picture of two future roommates. Like Doug, right. we need to push him into it. Like, so both these kids are three years old, and I don't understand. Like I know it's 2023. I don't know what the market for drugs is going to look like when they're 21 years old and they're living together, but I could see both of them doing some lines of Coke at a strip club in Canada and being like, what do you want to do now? I'm starving. I can go for, I can go for a hot dog. I can go for some street meat. Let's fucking go. It's, our kids are going to be troubled, though, because they're our kids. That's true. Hopefully we've raised them to understand like we understood. that. So you just make the best of it. Well, uh, thank God the Lord hey. didn't give you a daughter because I have Cheers. a daughter, and she's the best thing ever. She's five years old, and she's perfect. She does nothing wrong. <laughs> but if Drew Gear had a daughter, 
Oh my she'd be the moose shoving oh people down and bench oh pressing buses. God. She'd, she'd be entering strongman competitions. She'd, she would be the chick <laughs> in high school that shot said, that did shot put in track. <laughs> she'd be that chick. Uh, you think she'd work at Tim Hortons? Oh, that moose. God. <laughs> I can't believe you picked up a chick at Tim Hortons at about 3.37 in the morning. I can. Not shockingly, I can believe that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So here's where we land. When we look at this roster and ahead of the draft where our holes are, you realize that we could run it back right now with because right now that I believe Chris, if we had the count, I think there's sixty two or sixty three people on the roster right now. It's hovering right around there. I know that they were at sixty the other day. Out of a team, and the, you can take it to what ninety. You have to get to ninety for 90, training it's, camp. It's ninety is the max. It's 90. <clears throat> every team does before training camp. Right now, you look at like you just look at what's out there. The team has about 61 to 63 guys. I'm willing to park it right there because I don't know how the new additions factor into that. But with that said, it's it's like, okay, you basically have the bones of your roster already. The way we just parked it through, you do have soft spots. Maybe the most glaring being linebacker, which we kind of breezed over, but... The fact that they've shifted Matt Milano on this OurLads.com depth chart, Chris, roll down. The fact that they've moved Matt Milano to middle linebacker tells you you have a fucking problem. Can I Can I just, <clears throat> Can I I just? hit on that point real quick? And the fact that Tyrell Dodson, not Terrell Bernard, is listed as, as the starter. Well, hold on. Let me, let me hit on that point real quick, and it's what you guys said in the last segment. It's if you listen to Brandon Bean speak. He trusts now, that someone will be developed. Now, so you listen to Brandon Bean speak, and we could say in his tenure here, he's been pretty honest. Yes. Like what he says, if you listen, he's not going to come out and exactly say it, but if you listen, he is saying it. He's saying, look, I believe okay. in this guy. And this is what he <clears throat> said. He said right now what he has with a third-round pick in Bernard, Yep. Okay, and Spectre, who they like, and Dotson, who had to fill in when Tremaine went out yep. for a couple games this year. They think that they can get by. He thinks that they can get by with the, one of those three guys or a collection of those three guys. Because if you think about it, they out of starters, we're talking just straight starters, who did they lose? Out of all 11 guys, yeah. who did they lose? They lost one. Mm -hmm. They lost one. 
They lost Tremaine. Okay? Yep. So they're thinking that the 10 other guys who have been playing together in this system for the last three, four years can pick either Bernard, Spectre, or Dotson up. I'm just going off of what I don't. You don't have to agree with it. You don't. But, you can have a different but, opinion. But being a shrewd I'm just, guy, just go off of what Bean said. Yes, that's what he said. Exactly, and that's what he is thinking. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's what you, me, or Chris would do, or any other fan. You know what I mean? But like you heard the reports, they were in on Levante David. You heard a report on. What? They were going to sign Bobby Wagner, but he had a better deal from the Raiders. He still hasn't signed with anyone. No. You know what I mean? They're not fishing. They are not fishing at all. I believe when Bean speaks, if you listen... He'll tell you the truth. He will tell you. And he gives us, as a fan, he gives us no other reason to believe him. You know what I mean? What he says goes. true or false, do you ever question Bean? You don't ever... Question no, the contractual but, gangster. But when he speaks, the congr- do, you, do think you think he, he's lying to you? Hey, can I ask you guys something? When he makes a, when he trades up for a Tremaine and gets him, or when he keeps trading back, trading back, trading back, and lands a uh, cook who he wanted all along, or he trades up and he gets rid of some guys and he gets his Josh Allen. Do you think he goes in the back room and rips a dart? You think, <laughs> you think he smokes? He just, like, you think he smokes a Mar bread real quick? I think he does one of these. I think he's one of those guys who lights a light cigarette and just woofs it down in like three bowls. I, I really he's just do. Like, yeah, that's like the, that's I can the- see McDermott walking in on him, eating a bowl of raisin bran, be like, "What the fuck you doing?" He's like, "Mind your fucking business, dude. I just got you a starting fucking middle linebacker." He literally just blows a smoke at him. <laughs> Get out of here, wrestler. <laughs> Go eat your raisin bran. So with that, the Bills roster has some decisions to make. And this is where in draft season we start to talk about investments and overspends, like what makes a smart investment and what looks like an overspend. Now, running backs. Running backs have been a big topic of conversation. They have. Because everyone sees B. John Robinson being talked about as like, oh, my God, he could be the next Saquon Barkley if the Bills took him. But they just fleshed out their running back room with another running back and this conversation comes up around Buffalo every year, and yet every time it comes up by Brandon Bean, he's like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where that uh, – what was it? Uh, uh, what was the guy, ETN? So when he goes, I don't know where that came from. I wasn't going to draft ETN. Right. So that's the only reason why it's brought up, because think about it. So two years ago, they were in supposedly on the ETN, okay, on uh, – Harris. From Pittsburgh. Yep. Okay. And then last year, remember, the talk was, okay, they're going to draft Brees Hall. They're going to draft Brees Hall. Yeah. So the last two years, normally, where there's smoke, there's what? There's fire. Normally. You know? You didn't get an opportunity to draft Harris. You didn't get the opportunity to draft ETM. But you had the opportunity to draft Hall. And you didn't. You went another route. That's now, true. you had the glaring hole at corner because Trey was coming off of that torn ACL that he did Fair. at Thanksgiving. So, And with Kansas City going up and taking McDuffie. McDuffie, who I think you wanted. I think the Bills won. I really do, out of Washington. I did like him. I think that you didn't panic. Bean does not seem like a guy to me who panics. Clearly, he has had success here. 
he was around success in Carolina. I don't think he's the type of guy that panics. But when you saw that move, I think you made a an executive decision basically saying, okay, yes, I want Brees Hall. I want this action. I want the help for Josh. I think the offense will be better. But I also know I can't count on Trey right now for at least 10 weeks. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I can't. So I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to try and hit on this guy. And don't get me wrong. Elam's been fine. Sure. I have no complaints. Absolutely fine. But now here's what I'll say. Like, And that was a smart move. Now, you look at what this might be. Now, Chris, everyone's talking about B. John Robinson to the Bills. If he's not the running back, there isn't a fucking running back worth taking. Not early. No, I because Gibbs from Alabama... He's Jameer not. Gibbs. Listen, as a guy who watched him play this year, right, and you're you, a Bama if, fan. If you spend a if you spend a top sixty, a top ninety pick on that guy, you're an asshole. You know. So with that said, well, hang on. So with that with that said, it's not a good usage of assets. Chris, you talk about all the time. Bean likes to be cheap at the running back pick, running back position, both in terms of capital and in terms of what he spends. Mm-hmm. I I do not see him. I think that that would be an overspend. If you were to do like all the th- all the people who want Bijan Robinson, that's an overspend. For where for for Bean? Let's talk about top sixty. For you Bean took a running back in the top two. Mm-hmm. They did it last year, and you saw how marginalized that player got. That's true. It's an overspend. Now let's talk about interior offensive line versus wide receiver debate, because that's a thing. Everybody is clamoring for skill players. They go, we need a wide receiver. <clears throat> First of all, this wide receiver class is okay. Average. It's not great. It's not, they're, they're, there's not a lot of stars. The interior offensive line has some names, but at the same time, what's the cost? What's the, like, what's the, what's the opportunity cost there? This is where you start to talk about, hey, if we want to be good in the future, like there's been people I've heard talk about how, well, we got Hardy, right? We got him at wide receiver. We don't, we, our wide receiver room is going to be fine. We have our top three. We have Shakir who should factor into that top three, four rotation. We don't need anything else. That's cool. If you're okay with the fact that one of your wide receivers is about to be 30, 31. And one of your wide receivers is probably not going to get re-signed next like the next offseason cycle in Gabe Davis. Cool if you're happy with that. Or maybe you should start laying the foundation right now at the wide receiver position to get cheaper, more experienced. Now, I'm just talking about the top, like, two, three rounds where most of your day one starting talent would come from. George Pickens-type picks is what I'm thinking of. So, so, so So here's where you go with this. So... You're right. You're absolutely right with the wide receiver. You have to start building that room out because if you don't, in the future, you're going to be left with nothing that isn't expensive. And it's also because of scheme, too, because the Bills are one of few teams in the NFL that 80% of the time they have four wide receivers on the field. Yes. They use them. They they use them. So the name of the game here, like, again, you guys are saying about listen to Bean, listen to Bean. The name of the game right now is get Josh as many weapons as you can, okay? If you had four wide receivers that could produce and that could do things for him, sure. it's it's not a waste. No. It's it's not. And at the same time, defensive end, 
if I'm looking at the defense, like we talked about what he said about linebacker, I believe him that he believes that they listen. We've watched Kansas City suck at linebacker in the regular season for the last two, three years, and they're a very good football team. I I agree with you 100. percent I'm not I'm not worried about linebacker. Def- no, defensive end is supposed to be one of this. Supposedly, we'll learn more about it as we go through there, Chris. As we go through our draft series with all of our various guests. Defensive ends, apparently this is a very, very deep. It's very, yes. It's a very talented yes. and it's a very deep class for and it's defensive a very, ends. It's a very, here's what, if <laughs> I could about sum up, if I could sum up, if I could sum up this defensive end class, it would be this. Athletic, extremely athletic, with little sample size. Okay. You have a lot of one-year wonders. So, that are coming out of so this you draft. could go fishing in the second third round and get yourself a very impactful defensive end. You could like an Adolphus Washington. Ad- it's Adolphus. But, it's like, Adolphus. It, it, it's like pulling a oh, wait, wait. He had a gun in a water park. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> fuck your couch, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> He had a gun in a water park. That's all I can like. Adolphus Washington. I don't remember his career as a bill. I just remember you brought a gun to a water park. That what, is true. What, like what? Like what are you expecting to go wrong here? I love so it. with that in mind, defensive ends remain a smart investment in this draft. So now, as we start to think about where our weaknesses are and how this draft aligns. This draft class, running back, interior offensive line is strong, wide receiver is average, defensive end is a deep class. Doug, this is where, and this is kind of why we brought you in for this segment, you're going to talk about something that just fucking boils my, it boils my balls. I know it it does. Chris, we're talking about mock drafts. So We're talking about how draft boards amongst mock drafts have been falling. One of the things that I think fans lose perspective on is it is hard to navigate. Like now that we've kind of set the table of where our needs are, what's important, what might not be so important, where our GM has flat out told us for all the EJ signers in the world who go, well, all you guys got to do is draft Jack Campbell. They probably don't want to spend another first round pick on Jack Campbell. Just go over go long TD.com. Go read Ty Dunn's article that got released today about the reckoning the Bills are staring down the barrel of. You've tried to do the elite defense. You've tried it for how long? It hasn't gotten you to a Super Bowl. It's time to switch course, go whole hog on the offense. You have to. You're doing your generational quarterback a disservice. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So with that in mind, like we're talking about all this, the board still has to fall your way to allow that to happen. Right. You as a GM can't just go into the draft and go, well, I've got a first-round pick. That should net me the thing I want. You, Doug, choose to wade into these fucking waters that I, I, I don't want to understand them. You, I, I, when did you start doing mock drafts again? I started doing them week 10. Fuck you. I, and I, 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 again, it's because, first of all, I do enjoy it. I do like the journey because my initial mock draft from week 10 is night and day from where they are at now because college football, the landscape, you have people emerge left and right, you know, just out of the blue. Free agency does change a lot. You know what I mean? 
um, especially when teams invest. Maybe not the Bills so much because they didn't throw out any four-year, hundred-million-dollar contracts. You know what I mean? Yep. So when I look at this roster right now, even after free agency that has been going on up till this point, so to me there are needs at. I'm gonna again. I am not gonna include early. We're just. I'm just gonna go off of the first round right now. Okay. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna say middle linebacker because again, I'm gonna believe Bean when he says he is comfortable with one of these three guys that we have already filling that position. Even if it does seem like that meme where they're like, "Hey, Brandon Bean, we need him." It's like, "Hey, mom, I want McDonald's," and she goes, right. "Hey, we have McDonald's at home." Right. Bill fans are like, hey, we need a middle linebacker. And Brandon Bean goes, we have a middle linebacker at home, and it's Bale Inspector. So if, <laughs> you're not wrong. So if you, again, though, but you have to break things down, too. Like if you look at the last draft, I did a lot of my homework on Bale Inspector, and I did a lot of my homework on um, Jarrell Bernard. Bernard's specialty is a coverage linebacker, he's a weak side linebacker. He, how many teams? So, well, think about me though, just scheme wise. How many teams, with the exception of Tennessee and uh, Houston with uh, Damian Pierce, run it up your gut? How many? Not a lot. Okay, they try to get so, on the outside. They okay. try. Okay, they do. So I, I want an athletic linebacker there who is outstanding in coverage because when he was at Baylor, I can't believe he made it to the third round. When we drafted him last year, I go, this guy has been in over 98 pass coverages. 98, okay? He's never given up a touchdown. He's never right. given up a touchdown. His guy, who he has, he's never given up one. I want those statistics. I want that guy on my team because the NFL right now, trend-wise, is a passing league, okay? There's not 24 Derrick Henrys in the league. There's one. You know what I mean? There's not many teams that are just going to run it up. The Chris, what do you, they're what not, do you think? They're not going to do that. Chris, when when you're hearing this, as as the lay fan, uh, the only thing that I can think of right now is that Balin Specter's girlfriend and I, <laughs> we get our hair cut at the same place. Jesus so, Christ! Well, it's the only thing I'm thinking about. I like it though. That's aggressive. Uh, That's well, aggressive. But if you look but at the, the point, just, remains. Yeah, so Tr- just Terrell Bernard. Right. So you have to go off of like if I am just dissecting. Well, this is positionless if, linebacker. Like so, people last right. year, last offseason, people talked about let's go positionless on offense. Let's just have a bunch of playmakers throw them out in space and see what happens. Look the Bills this. sound like they're ready to do that at linebacker and go. Listen, we know tr- now that Bernard has seen an NFL season. We know he's an athlete. We know he can cover in space. He now understands what it is to try to run support. Well, in you the need NFL. to think of like it just the writings on the wall. If you just use just use common sense, you think for one second if Bean and McDermott didn't think that middle linebacker was make or break they to win a Super Bowl, they would have gone. You done don't something. think they're going to pay a, a homegrown dude that they or, traded up to get? Or a Denzel Perryman who's no, making it. Well, they wouldn't have even, they wouldn't even signed, went that. They would have said, you know what? We are going to pay our guy who we traded up to get, who has gotten fair. better every single year. We are going to break the bank. You want $18 million a year and $50 million guaranteed? You want a four-year contract that is going to be the richest inside linebacker in NFL history? I got you. They didn't even entertain it. So my thing was 
you didn't entertain it, but a part of it's like, all right, maybe that's just because you saw it and you saw what the market is. But to your point, they probably know, like, look, we've done enough. We think we're done being rich on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Now, that brings us to where you fucking exist in this mock draft nonsense. Chris, it kills me to have to talk about this. But mock drafts can be, and I have to admit this, even though I hate seeing them on Twitter, I hate those of you who tweet them at us, which, Chris, I love that you just constantly encourage people to do this nonsense. Yeah. If you got a mock draft, tweet at us, at Rockpile Report. Always tag us. Drew loves to see it. I'll retweet them. But there is some value when you do them. Doug, you've been doing them for a while. Who are some of the names that you see? Because this is what I want fans. Just, as we as you start to understand how the Bills offseason is going to cultivate or culminate in the draft and how our draft series is going to be staggered over the next couple, uh, next series of weeks. So Kind of how we arrived at this. It's because when you look at how the board generally falls in these sorts of things, using common sense, obviously you can't let... When people start pick, it's not a fantasy draft. It's literally just quality, quality of player who's available. Doug, what have you gleaned from your fucking ridiculous ad nauseum time spent doing mock draft? After the thousands and thousands of mocks that I've done. I hate you. I know, but I enjoy it. After the thousands that I've done, I've come up to this, that if you look at the roster, and again, free agency, like I said, changes everything. Okay. Um, some of the names that... That's a very nice rip there, Drewski. You know, some of the names that, that some of the names that consistently come up right now with the Bills cuz let's look at the roster, okay? Again, we took middle linebacker out of it, okay? D end. It's a need. Okay? Right? Yeah. Right. Right or wrong? Correct. Tight end. Yep. It's a need. Yes. Wide receiver. It's another need. Yes. Interior line. Remember these contracts that they just signed? They're not big-term money deals that you have to commit to. No. Okay. So what you're doing is, again, like we talked about, you're rounding out the sharp edges. You've set yourself up for taking whoever you want at any of these positions. So I truly believe after, and I think it's just in me as a fan, um, being just cemented it more um, with the free agent signings that he has done, I think... Unless the board falls a certain way, this pick in the first round, Bills fans, is going to be offense. Whether that is interior linemen like an Osiris Torrance out of Florida. See, I don't think Torrance is the right type of lineman. See, I think he is so good at interior guard. What are the Bills like? The Bills like versatility, right? Yeah. Okay? He's not. He is a one-position dude. That mofo is going to play left or right guard and be a beast. He is a great pass blocker. He is a, b- a great run blocker. It's why you know I think what I mean? they like a guy like a John Michael Schmitz. Like, well, see, out of Minnesota, and, like, I can always, the wild card here is what they're going to do with Mitch Morris. No one knows. They could cut him after June 1st he and save retire. almost. I'm just saying, they can cut him after June 1st, mm-hmm. okay, and save almost $9 million. Why do you think they signed McGovern so quick? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, me as a fan, just thinking about it, is guard the most sexy pick in the world? No. But who are you paying the most on your team? All right. Where did he get crushed last year, specifically the Cincy game when we were all there? 
Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so where would you want to invest? Okay. There's a couple things that throw wrenches into this. All right, and I'm going to get into it right now. The first thing that throws a wrench into this, I'm going to save my best that I know you're going to hate for last. The first thing is this. What happens if I don't think it will ever happen, but we have to talk about it? What happens if a Jalen Carter falls? I'm not even saying fall to you at 27. What happens if Jalen Carter falls to 21? What happens if a Nolan Smith falls to you? True. What do you do? They have their board set up. You have the luxury of But being, if a rock star falls in your lap, you take them you because have you have to. to. Let's be honest. It's with the ourselves. value of the Because, again, and for all, all everyone listening to this, if the value of the board, like that's why Bean does these things, is so that he can let the value of the draft fall to him. Right? That's very true. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Like, if any of us were to go into this draft room or any of these GM's draft rooms, they have to meet with, they have to talk about Will Anderson. They have to talk about, you know, Tyree Wilson. They have to talk about Christian Gonzalez. There's no way that they're going to get them, but they still have to rank them in case yes. some sort of miracle or weirdness happens. Here's what the Bills have going in their favor. You have four quarterbacks that are going to be drafted. You have at least four corners, and you don't need a corner in the first round. No. You have at least four corners. You need a corner until the end okay. of the draft. I'm just saying, you have at least four corners that are going to be drafted before you. Okay, So there are picks right there that benefit you because you don't need that position. You know what I mean? Yep. If I look at this roster right now, I need a D-end, I need a wide receiver, I need an interior, another interior offensive lineman, I need high-quality depth at offensive tackle, and I need, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, Drew, I'm about to say it, this might be the year that the Bills draft a tight end. Hi. It might not be the first round. They might not draft Kincaid. They might not draft a Darnell Washington. I guarantee you if they're picking on day two and Sam Laporta is sitting there and they didn't draft a tight end in the first round, they're going to. Because, Chris, back me up on this. I said it when we were talking to Elf, um, the Miami Dolphins guy. Where did Ken Dorsey come from? He came from the land of options when he was the quarterback. Andre Johnson, Santana Moss, Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow Jr., Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, Frank Gore. The fact that you and McGahee and Portis on the same team, you fuck have, you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm just saying, you have options galore. Now, I don't want to bring up his name because it's, you know, ever since Netflix and everything like that. Do you guys remember how hard it was for the NFL to stop Gronk and Aaron Hernandez? Yeah. Do you remember that? And on top of that, adding Randy Moss? Can you imagine having Dawson Knox, Darnell Washington, or Kincaid, Diggs, Gabe Davis, and imagine if they trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Good luck. Good luck stopping that team. And what does Brandon Bean love? What does he love? He loves a freaky athlete. Well, did you guys watch the combine? I did. You know who Darnell Washington is? This dude is a 6'7", 265-pound tight end who ran a 4-4, who on purpose was making one-handed catches on the sidelines. Now, Chris, 
I'll say this. I already can hear the criticism from people about Darnell Washington, and the one thing I will say is that that's the exact logic they used to pick Dawson Knox. They said, listen, this guy's a freak athlete. He's already shown us what he can do. It's not our fault they didn't throw him the ball much. His statistics in Georgia, like there will be teams that don't take him because they look at him and go, well, you didn't show it in the box score. Who gives a fuck? They hit another star tight end. Right. What, 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 where does that tight end get drafted? Early. 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 You're talking about multiple tight ends who get drafted early. No one ever. No, no. Now, here's no. the best part, though. So so what was that guy's name? I'm going to Google it right For now. Who? For Georgia. Darnell Washington. No, the other tight end they had that Georgia had. What year? This year? Championship winning season. This, we're all stumped. We don't know any Georgia tight ends. The only okay. one that comes up is Darnell Washington. No, it was a big white dude. I've never heard of that happening at that out position. Out of Washington or out of Georgia? Georgia Bulldogs. You're not going to find it. I don't think it exists. 2020. 2021. You know, so all, all I'm saying is. Brock I, Allen Bowers. Who? Brock Bowers. Who? Stop. He won the John Mackey Award. Stop. He won the John Mackey Award and the SEC's Freshman of the Year. Back-to-back seasons of being one of the nastiest. It's because he's still in college. Hang on. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's Look a sophomore. That. He's a sophomore. He can't even come out yet. But he has 20 touchdowns. He's been the feature act in that offense. So they've had a tight end but, who, as a freshman, scored 13 touchdowns. Hold on, but wait a minute. Hang on. And Darnell Washington has been on that team. The fact that they're talking about him as a first-round pick, it's straight attributes. But what do they have? Hold now, on. Wait, wait. My, hang on, whoa, whoa, but here's the point I'm trying to make. All attributes. There will be teams that look at Darnell Washington and say, he doesn't have the box score numbers. Why? Because Brock Bowers was the truth. He was drawing coverage. He was TE1. This guy was TE2. But then you have Brandon Bean who looked at this and went, you know what? I, this guy, this Dawson Knox, he hasn't done fuck all in college football. Do I care? Nah. I see raw traits. I see a giant lump of clay that I think our coaching staff can work with. And look at like your point. Washington's got a lot of talent around him at Georgia, right? Right? A lot. Yes. What does he have here? If a he lot of here? talent around him. He's You're in the same position. Why wouldn't you have a double-headed monster? I'm just saying I'm going off of track record. Yeah. He likes the big athletic freak. If I was a GM, me personally, that's the pick. I would be going off of tape. I could see instead it. Instead of that. I'm just saying, I think they're at the point where we just saw the Eagles get to a Super Bowl by sacking the quarterback over 70 times. Yep. Did they win? No. Okay. You brought up earlier, Kansas City, mediocre guys around them. Let's break that down more. With the exception of Kelsey, who was a third-round pick out of Cincinnati. Kadarius Toney, first round. Schuster, first round. There are other guys, second round, second round, first round. Now, they didn't draft them all. No. But they signed them. They're all either first, second, or third round. They are. Keep. What hasn't this regime done? 
What hasn't they? What Let's haven't they done yet? Talent around Josh. They, that's what they have not done yet. I understand Bean doesn't like to draft offensive line early. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shown it, with the exception of Cody Ford in the second. How that swing worked and miss. He's but, he's playing for the Bengals, by you know. The way. But you also hit. <laughs> but you also hit on Wyatt Teller, and unfortunately, you had to get rid of him before you could let him yeah. develop. But you hit on that pick. You know what I mean? It's just like last year. Okay, say you're a GM. Say you're say you're my boss, and I'm the GM, and you're the owner. And I draft Elam, and I draft Beneford. Okay, do you give a shit which one of them turns into a Hall of Famer? Nope. As long as one of them does, Somebody right? Somebody better go out there and play. So we were talking before we started the show. We were talking um, about Ed Oliver. Uh, Ed Oliver, right now. I remember that draft. I was in your basement. Right now on this current team. Current, would you rather have Ed Oliver on this team or would you rather have TJ Hawkinson on this team? Right now, who would you rather have? Who, seriously, Chris, who it's not fair. Who, not fair. Right now, who would you rather have? It's not fair, but I'll say it. I, I've watched Ed Oliver get paid a lot of money to be a guy who gets outplayed by other three techs. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a TJ Hawkinson. All day. So with that in mind, this makes sense. Now, I get that that's where this has gone, and you've seen it in your mock drafts that you've done. Who are some other names that you see falling? They're, they're mostly offensive players, aren't so they? So they're mostly offensive players. Like, the one who keeps coming up a, a lot, um, his name is Zay Flowers. You literally so, have it up in front of me. You just did a mock draft. And, and it came Fuck up, you, and, it you ca- just, and it came up Chris, Zay Flowers. he did a mock draft in our studio. I need to lice so, all this fucking place. So Zay Flowers is, if you don't know who he is, he's out of Boston College. He is not your outside type of guy. Um, for fans of the NFL, this is exactly who Zay Flowers is after the game tape that I've watched of him. He is Steve Smith with a burst. That's who he is. You're telling me you wouldn't take Steve Smith on this offense? First of all, what I'll say is those are funny words. No one is Steve Smith because Steve Smith was going to punch his quarterback in the mouth. I'm just saying, would you take a type of player like a Steve I Smith type, I would right take now. a guy who played a tough, physical, short man's short area game. Right. And that's where, what is, what is, I hate bringing them up, but unfortunately they're the bar. They, the are, they are the they are the cream of the crop. Yep. It's the Chiefs. What is Andy Reid the best at? He is the best at scheming open ten yard situations. Chris, we saw the chart. Chris, we right? About it. No, we talked about it on the podcast. They showed the heat map between Allen and Mahomes. Mahomes, where he throws most of his passes are within fifteen yards of the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. He does not throw deep. Right. He doesn't. He rarely airs it out. He lives within the scheme, and he thrives as a quarterback. Allen is the guy who's forced to go yard. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's like, fuck it, I trust my guy in one-to-one coverage, and I think I can throw a nice ball. It's him trying to beat the defense instead of the scheme beating the defense. That's the difference between these two quarterbacks, and it's the difference between their fortunes. It's been the guy who gets to ride the best offensive coordinator in the AFC Versus the guy who has the best tools and is just, he's stuck. Well, that's why, that's why, like, again, I try to put it all together like a puzzle. And free agency definitely helps that. And I go and I'm like, okay, what's the Bills' track record? The Bills' track record is to draft defensive linemen high. 
That is the Bills' track record. You have a lot invested in the first two rounds. That's okay? all they've done. All right. Div- they, all they've done, outside of Josh Allen, is invest picks in the defense. So, and, and it's gotten them fuck all. It's, right. I agree with you. So I think that they're finally at a point. That we I don't know hope. if it's. I don't know if it's. Maybe the door, I, don't know Dunn's it's, I don't know if it's another door, uh, Dorsey in the room with a different voice. I'm sure Brian Dayball, um, when he was here, was begging for it. Hey, do you want to know? The I think Giants, the Giants signed Tommy Sweeney. So I did. I saw that, and they signed um, Crowder too. They're taking um, all of the guys who were brought in right. under. Day. So I think that based on what they've done so far. That the goal is to get Josh another weapon, whether it be wide receiver, tight end, anything like that. And with the exception of one of the top defensive tackle or the top one of the top three defensive ends falling, Nolan Smith. I think gross. that they go off course for that because you can sell me that as a fan. Why did you draft a D end or a D tackle at twenty seven? He's a top five because talent. he's a top five pick and he fell. Who might have killed the guy? Right. That, but hey, right. I'm just saying. Hey, Ray Lewis almost did it. I'm Look just saying him. that's <laughs> why. Now, there's a couple mock drafts that I've done to that I've been on um, different sites. It has an offensive tackle falling to the Bills. And the reason I always pass on that in the first round is because of this reason. When the Bills got knocked out of the playoffs and Brandon Bean had his press conference, you know who one of the first persons to defend was? Spencer Brown. <clears throat> It was one. He was one of the first ones to defend. I understand that he's was he six eight, six seven, six eight. Yeah, six eight, six seven. You want to try having a three hundred pounder push you around with a back injury? Yeah, I'm gonna cut him some slack. It was the second year. He had a great first end of the first year for him. Yes, he had a very bad second year, but I don't know. There, I don't care how much money these guys make. The elephant in the room is injuries. And unfortunately, ask the 49ers about this. Injuries matter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to hear about next guy step up. Very true. Yeah, but Doug, there's a difference between yeah. a dude making twenty five million dollars a year and a dude making two million dollars. It's year. the mo- like it's literally the movie. Uh, it's literally the longest yard. Right. And it's me being Brucey. Going, ah, it's Brucey's time to shine, coming in off the bench right. to play quarterback. Whatever, back freckles. <laughs> and then I just get my ass handed to me. Right. So, so there's a there's yes. a di- there's a difference there. Now, again, as if you're just a casual fan and you don't look in the depth about this stuff, and again, you just want to watch on Sundays, and that's, that's as far cool. as you take it. No problem. Whatever. I'm Dog, just telling you this right now. You've seen if Jalen Carter falls to 21 or 22, and the Bills trade up for that dude and give up their second round pick and third round pick, or next year's second and third, I'm fine with it. The, I'm totally fine with it because that's an astronomical event. Because that's like that. It's mind blowing. But, but otherwise, what you see is, is offense. A, it's all offense. It's falling to the Bills in the first round. <laughs> There's when no defensive picks there that makes sense. No. So if the Bills do it, it'd be a travesty, but also that'll kind of color where we go with our offseason draft coverage. Because realistically, Chris, need meets the way the class is the, the draft class as a whole is kind of shaped. It seems to be Kismet that we finally have a year where this team has no excuse. To stop taking defensive players and invest in the things around Josh Allen because realistically, 
Those are the things that should be there when you're on the clock. So, Chris, let me Chris, let me ask you something. Yep. Play devil's advocate with me. The Bills trade Ed Oliver to the Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins, and it doesn't cost them their first round pick. Let's just say it's a Ed Oliver and their fifth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Now you have a hole at D tackle, right? Yeah. Let's just say a Brian Breesy, a Kalaja Cansey. Let's just say one of those guys are there in the first round. Are you okay drafting him? No. Why? Because what I'd rather do is I'd rather go out and I'd still rather take a Darnell Washington. I'd rather okay. try to I'd try more. A Dalton Kincaid. More. More, yeah, more, me, more, more, I'm, more. I am that gif from Star Wars. More. <laughs> give me more of the bullshit that I can rain down on my opponents because I don't give a fuck if we hemorrhage rushing I'm yards. fine with that. I don't give a fuck if you run for 115 yards a game against my team. Fine my enough. offense is going to score 28 That's every the name week. of the game. Go, go catch me. Yep. That's it. So when you guys are over. Run so, the Jewels has a song called Catch Me. That's it. That's who I am as the Buffalo You know what Bill. this is? <laughs> this is McDermott playing every single day when he gets in his office in his morning and he has his black coffee. He plays ACDC beating around the bush. That's exactly <laughs> what he does every day. You know what I mean? So I just want to ask you something. When you guys come over to my house this year for the big draft party for the first round, you will not punch my wall if at 27 we draft Dalton Kincaid. No. Or down on Washington. No, we're fired up. You're going to be We're pumped. We're fired up. It's party time. All right. Well, I'm going to throw something out at you. I'm going to throw yep. something weird. All right. Now, this is just because of the contract numbers and how they're not committed, with the exception of Cook. Yep. B. John Robinson's at 27. I, that, Pass. Hold on. B. John Robinson's at 27. Pass. This is where. This and, they, is all, and they take him. What's your. Chris, because you said it twice, Chris, I want to ask you first. What's your. How may. What's your initial reaction if they draft him at 27? Uh, the cost you have to fix the hole in the wall in your garage from Drew. You'd be that mad? I wouldn't. I mean, I would be mad, but not mad enough to put a hole in the, in the wall in your garage. But I know Drew would. Or flip a table or throw a table at a, a nearby vehicle. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll so, say. Hold on, hold on. Hey, whoa, whoa. I'm willing. This is what I'm willing to say, Doug, as we end the show. I am willing to wait and hear from Matt Waldman what he thinks. Matt will be on the show in two weeks, Chris. Yep. Two weeks from now, we'll be talking to Matt Waldman as we start our draft process. Running back's where we start, and we usually work from the position I think we're least likely to draft towards most likely. So this is interesting. Two weeks from now, we'll be talking to Matt Waldman from the uh, Rookie Scouting Portfolio to... Get a feel for this running back class, and I will be sure to talk to him about B. John Robinson and all the love he's getting to the Buffalo Bills and whether the juice is worth this squeeze. Based on what he has to say, will dictate how just how much damage I do on draft day. So Can we, let me, as we end the show, we're an hour and 15 in, and for the 50 people that watch this on YouTube... If you guys didn't know, I've been uploading regularly to our YouTube, at least one of our shows a week on YouTube. People have been watching this on YouTube going, is that a can of whipped cream on the table? (laughs) That that has been unexplained uh, sitting on the table. So Doug fished this out of the fridge when he went to go get our Czech beers. It was near the Czech beers, boys. 
Yeah, is is that unopened? It's unopened. Oh, so Jesus. Drew, base, so basically, so basically, what you and Chris just told me as we end the show, <laughs> basically, Chris just, you guys just told me that if the Bills at twenty seven draft Jameer Gibbs, you're gonna no, shoot, you you're, you're, you're gonna shoot heroin in my God. basement. That's basically what they, you guys just said. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs at 27, I'll burn your house down. You guys are going to be John Travolta and Pulp Fiction <laughs> in my basement. That's exactly what's going to happen. Absolutely. Now, do a shot of this. You're the one who brought it out. There we go. All right. Guys, this has been fun. I like talking about this kind of stuff because even as I hate mock drafts, I hate doing them, I hate the fact that they exist. They do tell you a little bit about how people think the draft board should fall. There will be reaches. There will be guys who slide. But when you're a good football team at the bottom of the draft. 14 and 3, boys. Realistically, there's only a handful of guys who fall that far to begin with. And so with that, I look at the talents that could be there and you say to yourself, maybe. Like, there's obviously the, if, if somehow, like, I expect teams to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, absolutely. Like, he should be taken in the teens. He should be taken within, before 15. So, people are like, oh, he could fall to the, no, he won't. No, he won't. Why? Because he's shown he can do things at his pro day that he's all, like, NFL caliber things in college that he could also do. Like, it's, it's just crazy. If he's there, I'll cream. Right. But realistically, it's it's all up to chance. It's all no, happenstance. No doubt. There's also wrenches that are thrown in this, exactly. just like last year. Hollywood Brown traded hey. on dra- on day one. AJ Brown traded on day one. A guy with a gas mask and a bong all of a sudden shows up. Who just up got paid? <laughs> who just got paid from Houston with no agent? Three years, seventy five million dollars. Go the get your money, wild. guys. I can't wait to see how this plays out, and I can't wait to get into our draft content. It's coming up week after week. We're going to have a lot of fun shows ahead of us. Oh, talking, I'll be back, boys. Talking to draft experts. We're bringing Doug back for just random nonsense. But for tonight, we got to get the fuck out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's Doug Roloski. And this <laughs> has been a rock pile report. <laughs>